Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 146, Tom Does Disney. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight, tonight is Tom. Is it 146? And did I do Disney again? I don't even know if we got the number of the episode right, but I'm here. <laughs> We're three guys who want to hope you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Yeah, it, it 100% is episode 146. Yes, you did do Disney again, albeit a week or two ago. And so I think I, I, I mean, I, other than the couple of screw ups that I had, I think we're, I think we're set, right? You really, you really struggled going yeah. through that. You know, I've done this 100, not 146 times. I've done this 144 times now because I think I've missed two of these. <laughs> no, that's no, 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 no. But anyway, yeah. A lot, okay, you've maybe you've I've missed this, three. Maybe you've I've done missed this three. more than. Then Matt's done it. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I mean, I've done this. Yeah. So yeah, I did did do Disney again, and we're we're gonna talk about it. I gave a a pretty in depth Disney trip review already on the Patreon, and this will be more high level. But it's kind of the you know kind of not the same thing, but kind of the same thing. We're gonna talk if, Disney. Yeah, we're gonna talk Disney, and if you want all the gritty details. Uh, again, patreon.com slash men do WDW can sign up there and you'll get, well, there's, I think it's NPR where they say, and now the rest of the story, like that's, that's what you're going to get over on the Patreon. We're, we're going to give you a high level kind of, this is how it is. If you want the, uh, the gory details, it's over on the Patreon. And with that Patreon subscription, all the other episodes are over there. Four no, episodes a month. There's a, a lot. lot of trip reviews. One, been- one trip review that was broken into like two or three episodes. We've been doing the Patreon for like nine months now. Is that right? I don't know. Something like that. There's you a lot of episodes we started? there. We started the Patreon right after the new Star Wars came out. I don't remember when that was. I've kind of... Blo- can You know what? And, and I want to say something because we did just have the election here in the United States and we're not going to get political, but uh, but I do want to just, I do want to just say... You know, Democrat, Republican, left, right, whatever your whatever your political beliefs are, I think there's one thing we all can agree on, and that is that the rise of Skywalker sucked. You know what? You could have <laughs> you could have gone so positive with that, and you could have said, "We're into season two of The Mandalorian." That's what you could have said. I I could have, and it has been phenomenal. So, have you watched it yet? Absolutely. Are you saving it up again? You have. Well, I, so I could I was able to save it up last time because I I never started it, so it, I wasn't like missing anything. And then I had to do a lot of reading and YouTube watching to understand some of the history because like I've seen all the Star Wars, but but I but don't, you haven't gone in depth into the background, right? And so I, I I watch a YouTube a YouTuber I think it's I think it's called Emergency Awesome maybe, and he does reviews of each episode and gives okay. you some of the historical aspects of it, why it matters, where it links into the galaxy. And they're incredible. I mean, there are so many Easter eggs in these episodes that, yes. that I miss. Yes. And he does a great job. I, again, do not watch these episodes, these YouTube videos unless you have seen the episode yourself. Because so, I mean, so stuff galore. like, and, and I think we're far enough past season one now that we can, we can talk about it. Right. So something like the dark saber, you didn't really, didn't understand you didn't really what that get was. What, what that was, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you know, I I'm sure everybody's heard that Ahsoka Tano is going to be in season two of The Mandalorian, right? 
And he and he briefly talked. I mean, because it's it's public knowledge. We're not spoiling anything. He and no. if, if we did, I'm really sorry. But sorry, yeah. He, some people don't even know who that is, which is great too. But he talks about that a lot in his videos. That hey, we we don't know when this character's coming in. We don't know. There are some some things that happen in episode one. He's like, we don't know if this is gonna reappear or be back into the season. So there's a lot of speculation. And he, I mean, you know, that character that Pete just named, we're speculating. We have no idea. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's been, I think it's been confirmed at this point. But anyway, so well, yeah, Mandalorian's act, out. They, they have hired someone to play the role. Yeah, I mean, I, so there you go. But yeah, Mandalorian's out. So I have not watched the second episode yet. Um, my, my wife and I have had some people in town this weekend. So, you know, we're, 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 we're saving it up. We're hopefully watch it tonight. So I'm one episode in as well because my wife had to work all weekend. There you go. And so we're about we're about the same, but good, great for you know. I think that the first episode, and I, I'm not going to talk about it because we're we're close enough to that that maybe people haven't seen it. But uh, one of the one of the better episodes of the whole series, in my opinion. Yeah, especially, and because of some of the like, I'll go in wormholes on this kind of stuff. I kept pausing the episode to ask my to, wife to look up stuff. Yeah, no, 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 to be like, do you, oh. do you get what this is? I got you. And it's probably the most, I mean, she's a trooper about it, but it's probably really annoying because she kind of is like, I don't care if I get it because I don't care enough. It's like as much as you care about it. Yeah. But I'll be like, do, do you know what what this maybe could be? And, and and you know what? Some of our listeners, we've talked about this on Twitter. We've had some back and forths on our speculation of things in the episode. So if you follow us on Twitter and you look in, in our mentions, I have talked about it. Pete will not take blame for that because it was me tweeting back and forth. So anyway, I, I don't know how we got off on this tangent, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about your trip. But before we do that, a couple of pieces of news we want to talk about. Uh, and and we were asked this question, and I guess we kind of addressed it last week, but we really want to we really want to hit on this the the recent wave of layoffs that's that's come to Walt Disney World. I I don't know how to say this like nicely, so I think this is a pretty crappy thing. I hate this for all the cast members that have really poured their blood, sweat, and tears into Walt Disney World to make it the place that we all know and love so much. I I, I don't I don't know when or if things are going to get back to the way they were, but I certainly hope that these people have some kind of recall capacity or, or, or something like that because. Let's let's face it, Disney World without the cast members is just another crappy theme park, right? So I don't want to say it like that because we talked about we hit on this in the last episode, I believe, in either the Patreon or the regular. But look, you're not going to compare a Disney to a Six Flags from an overall experience standpoint, but the pricing is different, and but I think the cast members. I think the cast members definitely make it a magical place. They definitely enhance your experience. I think what Disney is is losing the losing the understanding of is the especially the entertainment cast members. Like what I'm not I'm not trying to discredit any cast member's role, but they not only are taking away cast members' jobs, they're taking away what I view as attractions, rides. I mean, I I know that Festival Lion King is not a ride per se, but it's entertainment. It's an attraction that I enjoy going to, and Monsters and Laugh Floor we talked about last time. It's it's arguably a top five attraction in Magic Kingdom for me. 
And I would venture to say, Pete, it's not that high for you, but every time you go, you enjoy it. Yes. And and to not have these, it fundamentally changes the park. And and I feel like I don't want to I don't want to belabor the point. Even though Disney deserves us, we could we could Disney deserves all of our all the podcasts to just completely rake them across the coals over the fact that what they're doing. But that's not what we're here for. We we try to be upbeat and positive and take all the re- real world complications out and just talk Disney. We could probably have either a whole episode on layoffs or a weekly update on layoffs because it's still coming. The reason we're talking about it again is because it happened again since our last episode. It's just a shame. It's just a shame. The other piece of news I want to talk about, the Rise of Resistance virtual queue. We've gotten so many questions about Rise of Resistance since the opening of the attraction. We have been extremely fortunate in landing ourselves in the virtual queue. And so we felt like we knew how to do it when it first opened. We felt like we got good at doing it after they changed the the fact that, hey, it'll release at the first minute the park technically opened, so you don't have to get there at 5 a.m. Well, this is new ground for us. And if you saw what, what Disney's done is there's a virtual queue that goes off at 7 a.m. You obviously are not going to be in the park then. They do have it. You have to be, quote unquote, near Disney. So my question last episode was, can I be at home where I live and practice? No, you cannot. And, Which and is not good. only that, not only that, I, I, I do, I will say that this did not go off without a hitch, right? There were a lot of people that weren't able to get boarding groups. Now, of course, it of course is, they were. But, but to, to go along with that, and, and we have not mentioned this yet on the podcast. So I do want to hear your opinion on, on this development. Disney has put plexiglass dividers up on all of the Rise of the Resistance vehicles now. So, so whereas b- before it was an open vehicle, you could look all around. Now there are plexiglass dividers between the rows. To me, this doesn't kill the ride, but it but it does severely impact the ride experience. Look, I understand Disney's trying to get as many people through this ride as they can, but this hurts a lot. This hurts the... I mean, you just can't see as well anymore. All right. So there's two things I want to hit here. One, I want to go back to this boarding, the boarding group deal, and then I'll jump in. Because, Pete, I think you're actually missing the boat on the plexiglass, at least what I, what I want to hit on it. So from a, the boarding group standpoint, here's what Disney's done. They've told the everyday annual pass holders, the everyday vloggers, you're not, you are not going to get and eat up these virtual queue spots. Because if you're not in a, a what Disney does not, they loosely define a close location. Dude, that's resort guest. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. But important point there too, you do have to have a Hollywood Studios Park Pass in order to get a boarding group. But even if you were fortunate enough as a local to land that boarding pass, that uh, that um, park reservation, you're probably, you're going to have to drive on a Disney property at 630 in the morning. Fair, fair. And so I think what they're doing is trying to – if Disney if Disney could tell me when I walked in, hey, if you will give up your boarding pass to this you know, parent and child, you're, 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 you're for the variety, I would do it. If, if I could guarantee it went to them, but I can't. So I go in there and try to, try to get it for myself because I want to enjoy the park too. So I think that's what Disney's trying to make a change there. And they're, Disney openly admitted on their earnings call. That, hey, look, annual pass holders are not the money makers for us. 
what are they driving? People to resorts, people to Disney property, people that will spend money. So that's one. On the plexiglass front, I noticed on my last trip to Disney, and we'll go. I'll just go ahead and say it now. I was going to cover it in Hollywood Studios. There was two. There were two vehicles that I saw that had plexiglass on them, but they were not loading people in them. They were obviously testing them. I'm sure there were some families. They said, "Hey, maybe you get to ride it twice," but you, you, they were testing those. That is is detrimental to the overall experience to have plexiglass there. But I actually think what they've done in the pre-show areas is much worse. I, I agree with that. When we went, Pete, when we went, the way I, I don't want to ruin any of the pre-shows, but the way they separate you is in your group, you stand on this number. There are three numbers that you don't want to stand on because the view is extreme. You're so close up, you can't see anything. There are numbers in the second pre-show that are better and worse. I will say the really, really bad numbers in the first pre-show have the best numbers in the second pre-show. So they do try to, I think Mix that it was up part of the plan. Bit. Yeah. But the first pre-show, had I not ridden it, I would have been pissed because I couldn't, you, you couldn't see unless you left your dot and then you, yeah. you don't want to offend anyone else around you. It's it's tough because it's it's designed so that you can move around and and see everything that's going on, and and the way they have you the way they have you confined right now, you're not able to do that. And I think Smuggler's Run. A lot of people had the chance to ride that. So remember Smuggler's Run in in the I don't want to say the queue, yes, the pre queue in, in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, you could walk around the Millennium Falcon. Well, you can't do that anymore for, for what for what it's worth. But now in Rise of Resistance, there's like plexiglass all over the second pre-show. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'd rather close. I'd rather you close the ride, but they can't afford to do that. So, and look, they're trying to get as many people onto this ride as they can, right? They're which is why they're they're loading multiple parties onto onto these ride vehicles, and and they're assigning more boarding groups as a result of that. So, I mean. Is that a good thing? Yeah, absolutely, because more people get to experience a ride. But now instead of you know half the amount of people getting the full ride experience, it's twice as many people getting a, a kind of a half ride experience. So that's that's a big piece of news. I I won't be down at Disney for a while. If we're in, if we're there in December, we certainly will try to do this and talk about it, but we thought that was an important piece of news to share. And Pete was there. Oh, the dining <coughs> reservations. That was another another one that I know you were passionate. It was kind of funny. And I'll let you tell a story. Yeah. So I, I noticed an article and I, I actually went on the, the app and checked that all of a sudden a bunch of dining reservations had opened up. And, and what it seemed like was that Disney had just increased capacity to all of their restaurants by – whatever percentage, 50%, 60%, 75%, whatever it is. So all these reservations were available. I mean, you could get a reservation same day to Oga's that afternoon. You know, I mean, just Chef Mickey's for breakfast. Like all this stuff was open all of a sudden. And so I got really excited. I sent it. We have a we have a group message that I sent it to. And then Disney came out and retracted that and said, no, this wasn't real. This was due to a technical error. And now I heard that they're giving $25 gift cards out to people who were able to book these extra reservations that didn't really exist. So kind of exciting news, and then it got walked back. 
And I think this is frustrating because we talked about this, and I will talk about it in, in trip review. But it's it's become increasingly difficult to find a par- to have a park reservation and land a dining, a dining reservation, reservation in the yeah, same abso- park absolutely. on the same day. And we we were fortunate. We I don't want to say we. I mean, we were fortunate because we did get some things we wanted, but we also missed out on some things we wanted. And and here's another wrench that goes in the plans. Say you wake up at seven a.m. to try and get your rise of resistance boarding group. That's the only reason you're going to that park. You don't get it. You are fortunate enough to find another park reservation in another park. Well, one, why would you ever schedule a meal in Hollywood Studios? Because you can't guarantee you're going to get rise of resistance. Not only that, the food is not great in Hollywood Studios. I'm going to talk about it. There's one restaurant I would eat at again. Okay. <laughs> but then good luck getting a, a reservation in another in another park for food. So it's a mess. I mean, I th- when P- it, literally Pete sent a text and within 10 minutes he said, never mind. And <laughs> sent another article, you know, I guess summarizing the issue that Disney had. So yeah, it's... um. It is still, uh, it's still, it's a different vacation. It's still, that's all I'll say. It's still, still a different vacation. There you go. So, a couple other pieces of news. The iconic Disney World sign is changing. They're in the process of paint repainting that. They've removed where dreams come true. I mean, how many, how many pictures have you seen of people? I mean, every time, every time we go to Disney World, or every time somebody goes to Disney World, they take a picture and they send that to the group, right? Walt Disney World, where dreams come true. That is no more. I think now it's going to say the most magical place on earth. I think is a new tagline that they're going to put put on there. Uh, so, so that's kind of sad. Uh, Christmas decorations have come. I know they're at Hollywood Studios. I'm pretty sure they're at Magic Kingdom too. Well, I know they're at Animal Kingdom. Yep. At least at the, at the entrance of Animal Kingdom. So, I don't know about Epcot. I'm sure they're there too if they're everywhere else. But, uh, but yeah. Ho- Christmas decorations are there. I mean, we're in November. We've we've got a lot of time before Christmas, but whatever. I'm okay with that. I lo- I love Christmas time at the parks. Did I make this up in my head? I could have sworn Christmas decorations didn't go anywhere. Well, they didn't fully come out until the day after Thanksgiving, and I thought Magic Kingdom would have nothing until the day after Thanksgiving. You could be right. I don't know. So I, the reason I say that is I know my wife's family – on this most recent trip we talked about, I was with my in-laws and they, they said they used to go a lot. Like they would leave, they would do Thanksgiving and then drive there late that night or they'd leave the day before Thanksgiving, maybe and do a day in the parks for Thanksgiving day. And then the day after, and it was like the park changed overnight, but maybe I'm wrong. I, some, one of our listeners will definitely know. And then the last piece of news that I had and Tom, this is, extraordinarily depressing to me because it kind of exploited a little little loophole maybe you are no longer allowed to eat or drink in the queues for any of the rides and they actually have put signs up at the entrance to these rides saying no eating or drinking past this point i mean this got us through the mickey and minnie's runaway railway queue <laughs> it it did <laughs> because you left well i left for drinks and then, then you left for drinks, and my wife left for food, and maybe brought drinks. I don't. I don't remember. Probably. She didn't bring drinks. Probably brought something. But <laughs> here, here's what I'll say: 
I have bragged about Disney's ability to get people to comply to these rules. This one's not going to work because everyone is, you know, you have a bottle of water, you have a soda. It's just not going to work. I mean, we we often, I mean, what are you, what are you going to say to a, a seven-year-old? No, you can't have the Pop-Tart that I brought in my book bag for you or the bottle of water. What do you, I mean, come on, get real. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's 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 a tough well, one what, to me. What are you going to say to the adults like me and Pete who are like, "Hey, I'll hold the spot. Why don't you go get a? Why don't you go get us another uh, another bevy?" Sorry, oh, folks. Note, though. Yeah, this is this is kind of wild because we're okay. So, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on. You're going to go into a park. Where are you going to spend your time? You're going to Magic Kingdom. You're, you're not okay. You can't eat or drink while you're walking around. If you can't eat or drink while you're standing in line, you you can only get into restaurants if you if you get a, a um, either a reservation order. to eat there or you get a mobile order, mm-hmm. and you can only eat in that restaurant. What so wh- where am I going to go if I want to drink a bottle of water? You have to find an area that is, you know, away from everyone else. Because like in the Mexico Pavilion, for example, they won't let you go in certain areas and eat. So this is ridiculous to me, and I understand I- why they're doing it, but they haven't had a problem. There's been no COVID. COVID cases traced directly back to Disney where they've had any negative publicity. Everything Disney's received so far has been positive. So this is an unnecessary change to me that I hope they take back. All right. Anything else uh, for the news? I feel like we've been on this for a while. Yeah, that was a that was a long rant there. But no, we, that, we did have a lot of news to cover. So no, I'm good on the news and, and uh, we can, I guess, hear from our sponsor. All right. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go to our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay, so you ready to you ready to talk Disney? You ready to to close your eyes and, and be transported back uh, back to Disney World? You know, are, I am, are you over the depression at this point? I think I'm over the depression because things keep coming out that make me not want to go back. I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. I mean, that, that's kind of what's going on in my head. Disney depression definitely set in. I think this Saturday before, or the uh, Thursday, we, we were there from Friday to Friday. And we did the Magic Kingdom on the last day. And I got pretty depressed while in Magic Kingdom. But a couple highlights of the trip... I mean, we stayed at, at two really cool resorts. We were able to land a reservation at Swan and Dolphin, which to some people I know may not be labeled as cool. My wife and I had never stayed there, and it was like 116 bucks a night or something. So it was it was dirt cheap. We originally planned to stay at Pop Century and change that. 
we played around on looking for reservations, both on DVC rental websites and on Disney's website with our annual pass discount. And we ended up landing on that Swan and Dolphin deal, which wasn't even an annual pass discount. That's just what it was. And so started the trip, we did Animal Kingdom on Saturday and we did Hollywood Studios on Sunday. And Pete, let me tell you, we, I feel like we executed our plan correctly. We were able to ride Flight of Passage twice, eat at Satuli Canteen and do Nomad's Lounge and do everything else in the park except Expedition Everest. And if you're a listener who's not a patron, you're probably wondering why it never opened. Just Yeah. It never opened that day. Now, you guys didn't follow the crowds, obviously, which is the mistake that we made when we went to Animal Kingdom. And and it's it tough. and it also wasn't pouring down rain. So that I mean that certainly helps too, right? It's tough to say if we followed the crowds or didn't. We did wait for Flight of Passage for an hour two different times. But when you don't have Exhibition Everest open, I mean it kind of leads to what are you gonna do? Now a couple highlights from that day. Satuli Canteen, obviously. We got to ride with people on our our family had never ridden Flight of Passage, so that was really cool to hear their instant reaction. And these were this family had actually had ridden Rise of Resistance before, so it was cool to hear them compare the two, even though they're totally different attractions. But yeah, Satuli Canteen, Rise of Resistance, Nomad Lounge. But maybe the highlight of my day was watching the South Carolina Gamecocks. Win a football game <laughs> as I'm going down Cali River Rapids, <laughs> and, and which amazes me because you 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 did not now you do now, but you did not have a waterproof iPhone at the, at the time. No, and I and then I later, like a week later, cracked my iPhone, and then work sent me a new one. So, <laughs> but no, so here's what here's what happened. My in laws were, were great about me watching the game. Every external battery went to my phone. And I streamed the game on Disney's Wi-Fi, which actually worked surprisingly well the entire time. But when I went to Cali River Rapids, our game was potentially going into overtime. We didn't know what was going to happen, so I just said, screw it, and watched the whole way down. And as we did the only, not even exciting thing on that attraction, we won. So that was uh, that was fun. And then we, um, from, from Animal Kingdom, we were able to to drive home and... And, uh, now, did you guys, you guys ate, when did you eat at, uh, Wilderness Lodge at, Cop- at uh, Whispering oh, yeah, Canyon? Was that that, that night? part of the trip. No, yeah. that, no, that part of the trip was Friday night. That was the night we before. Ate, yeah. We ate over at, uh, Wilderness Lodge and we ate at the restaurant name is, uh, Whispering Canyons. Yeah. Whispering Canyon Cafe. I will tell you the waitress was fantastic. The food left a little bit to be desired for the price, but the waitress. It's a, um, I think it's a breakfast hilarious. place, not a not a, not as much a dinner place for me. Well, and the other thing is, you have to understand, in a COVID world, they can't do the ketchup thing. They can't, you know, it's just it's just a different experience, and it's socially distant, so it's not very loud. But yeah, that was our that was our dinner Friday night. Then we did Animal Kingdom Saturday. Of course, ordered Pizzeria Italia. I know I talk about that on Patreon all the time, but we ordered that for dinner. And then we called it a night. I mean, we watched some football that night. We had adjoining rooms, which was kind of nice because you felt like you had a big old room. My 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 father-in-law and I were in one room eating pizza, watching football. My wife, my mother-in-law were, mother-in-law were in the other room, you know, hanging out. So that was good. And then Sunday was Hollywood Studios Day. 
And I'll tell you, Pete, it looked like it was it was July in a normal year when we walked in that place. We uh, the, the queue for Slinky Dog backed up into the queue for Little Mermaid, which is not open. And we waited 70 minutes, and we got to the park 20 minutes before opening. But in that line, we were able to land a boarding pass for Rise of Resistance. And we did everything in, in Hollywood Studios that day. I would say... Except Ogas, highlight, right? Except Ogas. And that's kind of what we talked about to start the episode with reservations. Yeah. Just just we no knew, way to get an Ogas reservation, right? And we lo- we were looking 60 days in advance. There was no way to do it. And so, fortunately, it was like that night I landed an Ogas for later in my trip, which is just crazy. It's just funny how that kind of thing works out. But yeah, we did everything in, in uh, Hollywood Studios. We did Slinky Dog twice. Which is which is kind of cool. The highlight for me, outside of the things that I've talked about a ton on these episodes, was was fifties prime time. The food was much better than I remembered it being, and the service. While it wasn't the fifties prime time experience, we were obviously for adults, and we told them, "Look, we have forty five minutes to get in and out of here and get back to Rise of Resistance because our boarding group had been called." Um, so we went back there, and and uh, the other highlight was probably the the baseline wait. I walked right up to baseline. I did baseline. Late, uh, late in the afternoon, nobody was there, and I'm I'm trying to keep my train of thought because Pete is cycling through backgrounds <laughs> trying to find Pizzeria Italia. I'm sure. <laughs> and and then Monday is kind of when what I claim is our second vacation starts. So the first vacation was Swan and Dolphin those parks. Second vacation was staying at the Beach Club and doing uh, just my wife and I. Now our, our in laws left on Monday morning. We did eat at Beaches and Cream on Monday. I don't know the last time if you've ever been there, Pete. Beaches and cream is really good. If if so, I have if I have, it's been a long time since I've been there. Well, let me say I don't want to say really good because it's just like burgers, hot dogs. I mean, it's it's pretty generic menu. My wife swore by the grilled cheese tomato soup combo, and I did read online that's one of their better dishes. But we enjoyed it, and obviously, it was in the resort we were staying in, which is just cool. I mean, you, you leave the restaurant, we walked in our room. We showed the room to our, our uh, my wife's family. They left, and we went to the Magic Kingdom. And Tiki Room had a probably 40-minute wait. Really? So Pirates of the Caribbean was backed up all the way to Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise didn't have a bad wait, so we hopped in and, and did Jungle Cruise. And while we did that... I don't know. How long do you think two shows is in Tiki Room? How, how long, What are they? 15-minute shows, maybe? I think they're either 15 or 20-minute shows, yeah. We waited two shows. So it, to, my wife had never done Tiki Room, which is crazy. I, Wait, I was stunned. what? Really? She had never done it. And I'll tell you, I think when, she was really enjoying it for the first song because she knew the first song. And the she Tiki, 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 Tiki Room? Yeah. And, and then I told her about the you know the Tiki Room under new management. And she's like, well, we need that one. I like that one better. So, you know, guilty, guilty, uh, guilty pleasure was under new management. I, I enjoyed that as well. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of that was our day at Magic Kingdom, and then it started pouring rain, and there was not there was not a line to get into anywhere. You think attraction store that was not well out into the rain. So we left. We had a good night at Disney Springs. I think the highlight there was Wine Bar George, probably. Have never eaten there. Highly recommend Wine Bar George. Is that Trader? That's not Trader Sam's. I just got. I just went to Trader Sam's. Yes. 
Pete has the background of Trader Sam's now. Sorry for that random note, but <laughs> um, yeah. So then we settled into the we settled into the beach club, and our Tuesday, Wednesday, it was an Epcot Hollywood Studios day. We we know the formula at Epcot, and I, I think I shared this on the Patreon. If I didn't, I'm going to share it again now. Go straight to Frozen. Go. Well, actually, here's the secret formula. Go on a weekday. Don't go on the weekend. I don't think you need any other strategy there. And I think that's a really important point to hit. And I, you know, really quickly, I had, well, I had, we had a really bad experience at Epcot on Saturday, right? I mean, there was, literally, there was a line for everything. I mean, there was a line to get into the Mexico Pavilion. There was a line to get in the bathroom. There was a line to... You name it, there was a line to to do it, but you guys had the complete opposite experience, right? Yeah, so we did skip Canada far and wide because we've seen that enough now. But we did Frozen, we did Soren, we did Mission Space, we did Figment. Didn't do Spaceship Earth. We're just not we're just not huge fans of that, and we did want to spend a lot of time in the World Showcase again. Did you but did you did, come here? Did you come here? We did. He has uh he has La Cava as a background, which is a tequila cave inside of the Mexico Pavilion. And and I'll tell you, Pete, we just didn't want to rush. Yeah. And I, I the funny thing was we were in line for test track near the end of the night, and my wife said, Hey, if you don't have to ride this, I really would love to go back and try this snack. And it kind of is it's the route to our room, right? You start you go around the world showcase. You exit International Gateway. So I told her, yeah, that's fine. Because yeah, you guys. I mean, you guys were walking, right? So I mean, you had to go back to the International Gateway. And so at the at the end of the day, I like designing a car on test track, and you can't do that right now. And I think I was running on empty on whatever drink I had, so I was <laughs> I was fine to leave the leave the uh, queue. But I'll tell you that one thing we really enjoyed too was just the pool. I mean, we we went to the pool every night. We didn't necessarily swim in the pool every night, but we did get in the hot tub. We did we did the lazy river there. We went to the pool bar and had a meal, and just tried. We just tried to enjoy the resort. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you and I don't think I shared the fact that we landed a beaches. We we landed a um, beach club resort, so we stayed Swan and Dolphin. Fortunately, landed beach club last minute for the end of our trip, and I think we got it for all in with parking included, like one fifty a night. So it was it was pretty much a can't miss deal. We we bought that on a DVC rental dot com store, uh, DVC store rental, DVC something like that. You can Google and find it. And yeah, it, it was just nice to to to, uh, to do that after Epcot. And then obviously we wanted to get ready for Hollywood Studios. We were going to walk there the next morning. And being being that we had already been there, we had a pretty limited day plan for Hollywood Studios. And the difference between a Wednesday and a Sunday was just it was night and day. We rode. Everything, including doing Ogas and Rise of Resistance and Baseline again by like one thirty. That's that's absolutely. I mean, if if I think back to our trip and I think what we got done and how long it took, like it, that's that's insane. It, it was um, it was really cool. And then you know we spent the rest of the night or the rest of the day. You know we left and and we took the first bus to the monorail loop. And let me say one complaint here. And I'm sure the monorail loop people feel the same way. Like when you go, at least in the, in the bus stops that we did ride a bus back to Beach Club, your bus stops were like 14, 15, 16, and it was Beach Club, 
or 15 and 16, Beach Club and and uh, Boardwalk. So you could really hop on either of them and, and be back home. I don't like the way Hollywood Studios has their buses laid out. Contemporary Grand, Grand Floridian and Polynesian are not near each other. So we just had to pick one and ride there. Yeah, that's that is frustrating. And so we we started at Grand Floridian. My my, we, you know we we did that whole deal. We went over to the Contemporary after that, then went to Polynesian. Had a great experience Polynesian. If if you if you like Trader Sam's or you like Polynesian, we did talk about it extensively on the uh, on the Patreon. But it was a, it was a fun experience. I spent far too much money. I saw a familiar face, which was cool. I uh, talked to Pete probably far too much for sitting at a table with my wife. Ignoring your wife. Was, yeah. Yeah. Well, my wife was getting sushi. So I, I called Pete when I was just sitting there by myself. But, um, and then we finished it. We finished the uh, trip over at the Magic Kingdom and had a great dinner at Disney Springs Thursday night as well. For our listeners out there that wonder, what do you do when the park has limited hours? I think you spend a lot of time in the resort and you spend a lot of time in Disney Springs. And we certainly did that. Disney Springs is a cool place to be Thursday night, in my opinion. There's a lot of live music, and it was lively. And and there's definitely something to be said for staying at a Disney resort right now, because, like you said, you you do get to spend the uh, spend the time in the resort. You know, and there's and there's stuff to do at the resort, right? As opposed to if you're staying off property, if you're staying at a Hilton, if you're staying at a Holiday Inn, whatever. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to your room. Whereas you go to the Disney resorts, you know, you can go to the pool. You can go to the – most of them have pool bars. Most of them have restaurants. Like there's stuff to do, right? Yeah, and that's probably the thing that – like I'm not one who would tell you you need to spend money. Typically, I'm not one to say, hey, you need to go spend an arm and a leg. But right now, it's it's real comparable pricing to what you would experience at a Disney Springs or at an off-property resort. And with the park limited – with the park limited hours now – it makes a lot of sense to to either stay in that Disney Springs area where you can go there every night or stay at a Disney Resort Hotel where you have Disney Springs as an option, but you also have a resort with a fun pool. And I, my wife and I don't have kids. So to, to give you a perspective, if you're somebody out there like, well, I don't, I don't want to go to a Disney pool. There's a pool bar there. There's plenty of adults just kind of doing their own thing. There are smaller pools at some of these nice resorts that are like adult only. They're not, they don't, they don't label them as adult only, but. The kids go to the big resort pool. So if you want a quiet pool experience, you know, you can you can buy a drink at the bar, take it out there. You can make a drink in your room and take it out there. Really, really no issue uh, at Disney with that as well. So yeah, that's a that's a quick rundown. I mean, I, I look I sit there and think we did Hollywood Studios two days, we did Magic Kingdom, I'll say one and a half days, but but technically two park reservations in Magic Kingdom. Um, I guess the last highlight I will share. And something I kind of recommend. We did Tony's Town Square at like 350 or 410 was our reservation on our last day there because we did want to see a lot of the cavalcades and we didn't want to, I guess, wait around on Main Street. You know, you can just keep ordering appetizers at Tony's Town Square. One of the funny things, though, that did occur my wife had seen all the cavalcades just throughout the day, so it was fine. But a cavalcade came, and we have a perfectly positioned. We were sitting outside, porch table. The amount of people that rush out of the restaurant to stand against the the like the railing, right, was right really in dis- front of where you're eating, right. Well, it didn't bother me they were near us, like while we're eating. It was more that they obstructed my wife's view, but it was a mom 
with two kids. So what are you going to say? Like I, obviously that her and, and the the Disney it was a Disney princess cavalcade and they waved at the little girls and it was just more in my head. I'm like, man, they could have sat out here too, and and it wouldn't really be a thing. What what I will say is that when when my wife and I had our Tony's Town Square experience, which was a long time ago. I mean, I'm, I'm not different times. There was actually a cast member standing at the door to prevent people from coming out on the porch. We, you know, we were the only people eating on the porch. It was, uh, it was warm that day. And I definitely was, was sweating. Still on I mean, the porch. You, you, you sweat just under normal circumstances though, right? So yeah, it's probably not, not 69 su- degrees in my house right now. And I'm, <laughs> I'm warm. Not surprising. But I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, man, we could have sat inside too, but again, we don't have kids, so I'm not going to freak out about it. And we did; yeah, we I, didn't say a word. I yeah. asked my wife. I said, "Hey, would would you like me to either ask them to slide over, or would you like to stand up?" And she said, "No." Do you see the smiles on these little girls' faces? So she didn't even. I mean, your wife's such a good person. She didn't care. She's like, "Look, we're we're we're. I'm an adult, Thomas. Like, <laughs> I, I'm good. If I if I see the you know whatever, and and it was it really it was truthfully it was fine." But I do recommend if you have if you have small ones and you want to sit and have it was a perfect time for, we had a late dinner reservation I think an eight fifty dinner reservation that night so to eat a little appetizer at four o'clock and just listen to Main Street was kind of nice we both intended to get a glass of wine but we just were at the point where the end of the vacation we were ready to go home not ready to go home but you know how you get when you're at that point of your vacation yep you're exhausted yep. and we were just. Uh, Thought about the the day of travel the next day and all the things we had on 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 the agenda, and so it was nice to have a moment though to just sit and chill and get away from the crowds. It was now was that Wine Bar George night? What now? Was that the night you guys went to Wine Bar George? Uh, no, we ate at Homecoming. Art Art Chef Art Smith. Okay, yeah, yep, yep. And and uh, the Wine Bar George night was what we claimed is like it was our date night. It was our it was our first night. Our in laws had. Had just gone home, so we decided to plan a date with uh, with just us two over at Wine Bar George. It was fantastic. Pete actually landed the reservation for us, but then the the second trip to Disney Springs was with another couple. We did a double date, and they swore by this place. And I'll tell you what, it's fantastic. If you like Southern cooking, that's certainly what the menu caters to. And when I asked my wife and I were sitting there, we said, well, "What do you guys recommend?" They are Disney cast members. You guys, you know, they'd been there before, and they both without blinking said the fried chicken. And, and it was so good. they did. They did warn us it was a huge platter. And my wife and I toyed about maybe maybe splitting it, but then she got some like fried chicken slider things, like biscuit sliders. It was an appetizer that she ordered, and I got the entree, and it was, it was expensive. I mean, it was twenty nine bucks, I think, but it was it was absurdly good for fried chicken. And then something that happened we didn't realize would happen. We put our annual pass holder card in the file. Or in the uh, bill, in the uh, with the bill, and they put their cast member card there. And the waiter said, "Hey, I'm just going to give everyone a cast member discount. Don't worry about it." So forty percent off is, I believe, what we got. That's which, crazy. Which is a nice way to end the end the vacation. And but you know, I'll tell you, we had a good time at Disney Springs before that. We went into a lot of stores. We found some live music. We just found areas to go and shop and and uh, look at things. So it was a it was a really fun trip. And we going to Disney Friday to Friday. Doesn't get to ha- doesn't happen very often anymore. No, definitely doesn't. 
Definitely doesn't. And and you said that they uh, they had a comment about uh, polite pig, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know if Pete mentioned polite pig. I can't remember if it was on the regular episode or both episodes, but polite pig smells incredible when you're exiting the lime garage. At least to absolutely, me, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Just smells. And incredible. so when they. When they said that they had eaten at almost every restaurant there over their years working at Disney, I said, what do you think of Polite Pig? And they both kind of were like, eh, it's good, but it's not worth the price. Literally the exact same comment I had. And you know what I think about it? I'm wondering if because Polite Pig is right there, they can just charge whatever. Because people are like, ooh, smells good, I'm hungry. They hit a right, and they're in there eating. And it, and but it it's smells always incredible, crowded. right? It's always crowded. It smells incredible. But yeah, that was kind of their comment about Polite Pig. If you're a listener that has considered eating there. Another thing I'll say about Disney Springs, my wife and I spent time at the boathouse, but not inside the restaurant. Walked in and said, hey, are we allowed to, Are we able to find a seat outside or at the bar? They said, yep, go for it. First come, first serve. We got a great table in the boat slips of the dock behind boathouse. We had a half a dozen oysters. We had, uh, we each ordered a, each ordered a cocktail and it was kind of a nice prequel to the date at Wine Bar George because uh, we had about an hour to kill. We also went over to um, Jock Lindsay's, and, and that is right across from Wine Bar George for, for just kind of referencing, referencing where it's at. And we hung out there for about 30 minutes before our reservation. And then Wine Bar George put us upstairs overlooking the live music outside. Now, the windows were closed, but you could hear the live music. So that was kind of cool, too. And at Wine Bar George, we just ordered a lot of small plates. Neither of us got an entree. We uh, the wait the waiting the waiter was great. The staff there was great. The food was fantastic, and I I, I would go back. We will definitely go back. I might I might go back if you'll if you'll got, take me on if you'll take me on a date. You've now heard two glowing endorsements on two different episodes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, sounds like you guys had a good uh, good time and. You know, maybe maybe we'll see you there in December. I don't know yet. We'll see. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see you there in December. I mean, looking at it, Pete, you keep talking about December, and and I know we're both looking for reservations, so we'll probably see each other there at the same time. We'll see what happens. I'm you know I'm excited to find out. You know I do want to I do want to reiterate the point. I don't like to be that podcast that keeps talking about Patreon, but we did I did give a really thorough trip review on Patreon, and there's past trip reviews there too so if, if that's uh something you enjoy listening to based on what we see from a activity level people love hearing about trip reviews and what's going on down at disney the only thing i guess i didn't touch on is is the regulations and guidelines are still in place mask wearing was was uh was still evident people follow the rules social distancing looked pretty good we didn't have any real issues of concern and so if, if you're someone who's still on the sidelines kind of waiting to see Will the parks remain safe? They feel safe to me. But ultimately, at the end of the day, that, that's got to be something you make a decision on. You know, I'm certainly not influencing you going or not going. That's that's for you to decide on your own. All right. Well, good deal. Well, thank you for that. And uh, let's go to the trivia question in secret for the week. What do you got? Yeah, so the secret of the night. Did you know every morning a flag family is chosen to raise the flags above Wilderness Lodge? Early in the morning, your family will be guided to the roof by one of the rangers, and once there, you will get to raise the American flag along with several others. The view of the rest of Disney World from the roof is what makes this a truly special experience, and if you're out there listening right now and saying, how can we do this, 
I would say to ask at check-in to be a flag family. And I, I know they did this pre-COVID. I would assume this would be something that returns, but I, I don't know. Um, and I would just say that if you have a longer stay, you got a better chance of, of uh, being able to do this because they do fill those spots in advance because there are a lot of families asking to be the flag family. Going to the trivia question uh, of last week, how far can you see on a clear day when you're up in the hot air balloon at Disney Springs? What we have been told is up to 10 miles. Now, I have not gone up in this hot air balloon and neither has Pete. So you guys who have been up there have to tell me what's the view like. Um, we didn't have a ton of folks fire back in on this, but I would imagine the answer could vary greatly. But going to the trivia question of this week, I don't think there's a lot of variant in this one. I think you're either right or wrong. So what or which Disney Deluxe Resort also has its own butterfly garden? The hint that I decided to put into this, because when I when I asked it to Pete, I said, what Disney Resort has, its butterf- has a butterfly garden? He said, well, you got to narrow it down. So the hint is, which Disney Deluxe Resort has its own butterfly garden. You can tweet us at Mindu, WW Podcast, or email us at Mindu, WDW at gmail.com with your guesses. Yeah, and I had I had no clue what this was. All right, well, that's all for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Mendu WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.